Um, so what we do instead is we suggest to everybody, look, if you've got specific things you want to give people, give it to them at some point in your life. If you're not using it and you don't have any need for it, give it to the person that you intend to give it to while you're alive. And then we'll deal with the bigger, more important things in your will. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Better Call Clay podcast. Uh, joining me today, producer Garrett uh, in studio. Hello, everyone. Uh, got the wife up in Dallas shopping at the moment, like uh, professionally, I guess is what I would say. Professional shopping, um, doing some wholesale shopping for her store. So uh, and, and you are actually, uh, I mean, you're pulled in a couple of different directions right now. You're boarding up your house as we get ready for this potential Hurricane Laura, huh? Yeah, absolutely. All right. I got the shade, so I might as well use them. There you go. So uh, we're going to make this quick and to the point. We uh, we did a, a podcast a few weeks ago, uh, well, maybe a little longer than that now, but uh, talking about wills, they're, they're actually pretty simple to do. Husband and wife wills uh, with children. Not a big deal. I need to do one, by the way. Yeah, everybody says that, and uh, we get lots of calls, and we email, but then, you know, getting people to follow through is always a hard thing. you got to stick with it for just a little while, and, and we, we'll get it done. Um, but one of the things I want to talk to people about is, as you're going through the process, what do you need to do to get ready? What decisions do you have to make? Uh, we talked a little bit before about the importance of having one and how much we generally charge and all that good stuff, but I wanted to touch base on a few things. One... Um, Let's talk about the quest, giving people stuff, right? Um, one of the things we're seeing in the wills business is that uh, people that grew up in the depression, baby boomers, um, they, they tend to collect things, collect lots of things. Things that have a lot of value to them, mostly sentimental. Uh, mm -hmm. When we get right down to it, the actual value of the atoms is typically what we call garage sale value. Right. So there's not a lot of value there, but to them, it's a, a, a very valuable thing. Right. And so a lot of times I, I definitely have some of those in my family. I know there's pieces of furniture that have been passed down and passed down and passed down real value of them, probably not very valuable, yeah. but it's something that's sentimental to the family. Correct. And so, uh, what we do is, uh, we, we talk about those things. I mean, the typical ones that come up are, uh, uh, China sets, uh, you know, actual silverware, um, crystal, glasses you know that used to be all the rage you got a you got a china set and a crystal set for your wedding and uh, it went in a cabinet you never used it but it keeps getting handed down yeah you know generation after generation but what we're fine i think my grandma has like at least three sets of china so yeah and uh realistically how often do you see them used I've never right. pretty much never right uh and probably i would guess i know my wife and i we have a set of china that we sort of inherited you know that's in our attic that's how much we actually use it uh i would guess though you and your wife probably don't even have one no yeah uh i think it was something that we were going to put on a registry but then was like okay reality of us ever actually needing this let's just get more plates and more silverware so that way if we did have guest silver we could just have enough plates and silverware for everybody right so that's what we're seeing with the gen xers and then moving into the millennials is there's less focus on stuff and more focus on experiences yep right and so people living a little simpler a little more spartan if you will uh, less belongings and so what we see is 
the older generations are wanting to give the younger generations their stuff and the younger generations are not wanting it. So when it gets to the quest, specific the quest, I always counsel people this. Um, if you've got some things that you want to give people, isn't it much nicer, you know, to give them those things in your life so that you can see uh, their joy on their face when they get it or see them use it or, you know, they can do with it as they please, I guess. Yeah. Um, so let's not put those things in your will. Let's not load your will up with, well, you know, my cousin or my, my grandson or my daughter gets my china, you know, somebody else gets the crystal, somebody else gets the, you know, the lodge cast iron skillet, you know, things like that. So we don't want to focus and in jewelry, you know, we can't, I mean, giving specific people jewelry can get tedious too. Yeah, I'm sure. In a will. Um, so what we do instead is we suggest to everybody, look, if you've got specific things you want to give people, give it to them at some point in your life. If you're not using it and you don't have any need for it, give it to the person that you intend to give it to while you're alive. And then we'll deal with the bigger, more important things in your will, uh, which is basically just kind of lumping your estate together all into one word, your, right. your estate. And then you can direct how your estate is divided amongst your heirs. So do you think that should be cut off by like a certain value of like maybe how expensive something is or just monetary or sentimentary? Well, so we, uh, I mean, if, if I'm being honest, if you've got, uh, you know, if you got 5,000 acres in, in West Texas that you have mineral rights on and you want to make a specific bequest of that, well, that's a different ball game, you yeah. know. Uh, I'll take that. Right. Uh, but if you're, uh, you know, if you're just talking your old Curtis Mathis console television, right? Chances are that's not the type of thing that we would want to specifically bequest. Right. You know? So what do you think like the most important things are that people need to have on their will? Really, you don't need a whole lot. And that's the surprising thing. Um, your, your life insurance policies all have a beneficiary. So that's what we call, a, that's a contractual thing. So if you die and you have a life insurance policy, your your beneficiary or whoever is in charge uh, simply sends the life insurance company the death certificate and, and the other information they need to process the claim. And then the claim is processed and the check is cut for the beneficiary. That happens outside of the will. That's not even involved in the probate process. The probate process is going to be for anything that doesn't have a beneficiary attached to it, uh, going to be for your personal property and then uh, probably your real property. So your house, your cars, um, the things in your house, uh, potentially any stocks or bonds and things like that, that you don't have a beneficiary listed for mm -hmm. all of that's going to get lumped into the estate and then it's going to be liquidated, right? Because right. that's the best way to divide things as we turn it, turn all the things into money. And then the money gets divided amongst the heirs. Let me, let me throw a curveball in here. Yeah. So what if it was a, that you also owned a business? What would that be like? So that could get a little more complicated because depending on how you, you know, do you, again, oh, I guess it's a lot like the China. Do your kids actually want it? You know, do you have any children that are even interested in running your business? Mm -hmm. Maybe, you, you know, all your children grew up and said, I don't want anything to do with mom's uh, gift store or I didn't go to law school, so I, I can't run dad's law practice. And so when a time comes that really the only thing left to do is to wind the business down, sell its assets or sell the business. And then again, distribute the, uh, the, the funds, the, uh, the actual right. money right. to the heirs. And so, um, 
it, that's where these things get very tedious is because we could list all these things in your will and who they go to. But then you run into a problem of, well, does so-and-so really want that item? Right. You know, or is, it, is there any value to them or what, you know, what do they do with it? Um, so, yeah, for business is a little trickier. I think you, you probably need to have a sort of a business succession plan in place as well as your will, mm -hmm. uh, just so that everybody kind of knows what's supposed to happen with the business. If it's a larger company and you've got employees who are counting on a paycheck, well, they don't want you to just close the thing down upon your death. I mean, they want to see it keep going. So right. you got to figure out a business succession plan as well as, uh, you know, write, write a will. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would suggest there. Uh, some other things to take into consideration real quick are um, if you have young children, I'd say under 18, you need to be thinking about a guardian. That's something that we'll put in the will mm -hmm. is who do you want to take care of your children? Um, again, if your children are under 18, you know, you're not just giving them money, right? You've got to give it to somebody who's responsible, who will not only take care of your kids, but also handle their, their financial, their financial affairs. Uh, well, can those be different people? They can be different people or they can be the same people. Uh, it really just kind of depends on your family situation. If you've got somebody who would be great for your kids, but is terrible with their money, you might want to consider two different people. Yep. Uh, if you though have got somebody that is, you know, always been great with their money and is the person you would want to raise your kids, well, you can make it the same person. It, it makes it a little easier because then you have, kind of some uh, some consistency with raising the kids and, and providing for them financially. Right. Uh, but it doesn't have to be the same person. It can be different people. Uh, but those are two things, a guardian and a trustee for your children's estate. Um, you can also put in your will, uh, your burial wishes, how you, you know, what you want to have happen for your funeral. How's how, you know, how does that go? Like a Viking funeral you you know, can across be a, the lake. There's actually a place in America, in Colorado, I believe, where you can have a funeral pyre if you want. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. You can, you know, buried, cremated, whatever, you know, you can put those wishes in your, in your will. Um, you can uh, also take care of your last expenses. That's typically... Um, actually typically what ends up happening with a sizable chunk of the, the estate is your last hospital visit bills and your burial end up taking a good chunk out of the estate just because that's something that has to be paid. Interesting. Yeah. So that's what that would come out of. Right. Uh, another thing we're seeing too is, um, actually it's been happening for probably the last 20, 30 years, maybe, and, and going forward even more, a good, the, the actual, the number one way to inherit right now, at least in the United States, uh, and it happens during lifetime, is parents using a, a pretty good chunk of change out of their, you know, uh, disposable income, whatever it may be, uh, and, and paying for a child's college education. Yep. So uh, the new inheritance has actually been to, kind of pay for that college education. So that, that takes a chunk out of the estate that never really fully recovers. And so you see less on the back end because the parent paid for college on the front end. I, I am one of those lucky children. My mother was a teacher and my dad was a restaurant manager all through college, went to a private university and I guess they just ate rice and beans all through college or something, <laughs> but I graduated with no debt and that was 
the best inheritance you, you could get because then you're starting life on a, on a great note. Absolutely. Not having to pay $1,000 payments to your student loan. Absolutely. Uh, another one we see common is paying for a wedding. Um, and then the, uh, the last one, you know, if, if your parents are so situated, a lot of times we see parents helping out with a down payment on a house. Mm-hmm. And so those are the three common, actually, what we call intervivos or in-life uh, inheritance uh, scenarios. And so that what ends up happening is, is at the end, after, after the... Uh, the parents have lived to a ripe old age and, and paid for their last expenses and handled all that stuff. Uh, there's not a lot left over really to distribute, uh, especially if in situations where parents have gone into uh, a retirement home or a nursing home later in life. And uh, one of the, you know, one of the tricks there is, is they practically have to be poor, indigent, if you will, in order for uh, Medicare and, and Medicaid and those types of phone, Medicare really yep. uh, to kick in and pay for that. So um, anyway, um, going back to though, you want to take care of guardian and trustee for your minor children. Uh, you want to avoid those specific bequests. Okay. Uh, you also want to have somebody that you can serve as your executor who pretty much is kind of, you want a persistent person, somebody who can stick to it and uh, somebody who's going to take care of deadlines, isn't going to procrastinate and somebody you would trust to handle your your last affairs okay so that's going to be your executor um so you need to make those decisions and talk to those people ahead of time before you just go throwing them in your will right uh and then if you're an older person you know and either a baby boomer or a member of the greatest generation uh you really want to start thinking about what am i going to do with all this stuff you know uh Maybe let your kids start coming and downsizing for you and things like that. I know it's a tough thing to do. There's a lot of emotional, uh, sentimental attachment to a number of things. But um, I, I always tell people, hey, if you got the opportunity, go ahead and start kind of cleaning up your life so that whenever you do pass on, you don't just hand a, a house full of problems to your kids or your grandkids to take care of. Um, and, and that way, the whole process is much easier for everybody. Absolutely. So. Anyway, once again, we, we do wills at the law office of John T. Caldwell. Um, I've got Alyssa and Katie there at the office. You can call and talk to them. They'll get some information. They'll get a, a will questionnaire out to you. You just got to, all you have to do is fill that thing out, send it back to us via email. We, uh, from that point, we draft a will. I'll call, I'll call and uh, we talk specifically different things, answer questions, things like that. We draft the will. Uh, typically, we would send you a draft, and uh, if it if it's a real simple will, maybe we wouldn't. We would just review it in office uh, when you came to sign it. But if it's a more complicated, a little you know, a little trickier will, we'll send you a draft. Make sure it's reading like you want it to, uh, and then if everything's good, we get together about a thirty minute uh, session where we sit down and we sign the wills, and um, you leave the office with a will, a power of attorney for financial purposes, a medical power of attorney, and a uh, advanced directive so really really everything you need to set your family up in case something happens that's right that's right and it uh it's not all that expensive it's not very time consuming on your part and um you know easy to do so um anyway thanks for joining the 88 garrett talking about uh wills and uh i guess we're gonna get out of here so we can go finish doing what we need to do before hurricane laura yeah, comes we'll, this way. we'll see what happens with that. But definitely some great advice, something that I feel like everybody needs to do. Um, I mean, even if you're starting out your life my age, just just in case. Well, you know, yeah, I always tell people, you know, if you 
if you've had your first child, it's time to time to write a will. Yep. So anyway, all right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Uh, again, if you find yourself in trouble or you need legal advice, just remember, better call Clay. <laughs>